Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and I am super excited and blessed and honored to have a very special guest with me in the sanctuary today. Her name is Dr. Patricia Newton, and she go she is a psychiatrist and behavioral scientist who specializes, who is a specialist. She's the CEO and medical director of the Black Psychiatrist Association. Now, she is also a chief queen mother in Ghana. So her her name is Nana Akushua Achai. So I'm going to be calling her Nana. And I will explain a little bit more about that in a minute. But listen to her pedigree, as they say. She has a master's degree in molecular biology from Vanderbilt a master's degree in public health from Johns Hopkins of Public Health and Hygiene, the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health and Hygiene. She's also a doctor, and she got uh, for, at medical school and psychiatric education at the Washington University School of Medicine, which is in St. Louis. She has served on, um, as an academic faculty for 16 years at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and was the first female chairperson of the Department of Psychiatry at Provident Hospital, which is in Baltimore. She was also an Essence Woman of the Year in Health and Medicine. And then she's worked in internationally with other psychiatrists on healthcare issues for people in Africa, South America, and the Caribbean pioneering technologies for those with chronic who are chronically mentally ill and um, also with delivering um, competent mental health to those who are suffering with HIV and AIDS. So I'm probably butchering all this, but you could look her up and I'll have all this information in um, the, the show notes. Um, she actually also has a community-based clinic named after her. And like I said, she is a chief queen mother. She is an Ashanti royal, having been installed as both a queen mother and female king from in Ghana, West Africa. And again, she is has been given the name Nana Akushua Achai, and she has all the privileges and rights that go with that position. And her focus is on anxiety disorders with a special emphasis on, emphasis on PTSD, depression, chronic mental illness, and transcultural psychiatry encompassing the interface of Western and traditional healing systems. So now I told her I wasn't going to read all that, but I just had to because it was a lot and it was awesome. So welcome, Nana. Thank you so much for being here and for all of your patience. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Um, delighted to have, be on this show. I know it took you a while. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hard to, get, hard to get me, but we made it. We, we made, made it, it, and I appreciate it. So... Uh, for the listeners and for the viewers, what I wanted to um, talk about really and why I wanted to have Nana on the show is because we were recently at a conference here in Washington, D.C. called the Cometamorphosis Conference. And she did a presentation talking about the um, trauma that we have, that our people have, people of African descent have experienced in the last 400 years and how it is still affecting us and how a lot of times we don't even realize the things that we're feeling inside and the things that we're thinking in our minds and in our hearts is something that was passed that potentially could have been passed down to us from our ancestors who have um, experienced so much trauma over the last 400 years and then while you you know while we keeping it real we're still 
still experiencing some of these things. So that's why I wanted to have her on to break down what post-traumatic slavery disorder is, what are the symptoms, how it is showing up in our communities and in our lives and in our health currently in these modern times, and then most of all, how we can rise above that and what are some things we can do to heal ourselves. So I want to jump right in. Um, Post-traumatic slavery disorder. Where did that come from, Nana? Well, it comes from a a long-time area of research of mine for well over 30 years looking at the chronic effects that trauma has on people in general, but in particularly on those of African descent. And I don't call it syndrome because the syndrome uh, implies that, that the symptoms are lesser than a disorder. disorder right. A disorder means a disease. It's something that is dysfunctional as a result of some impact that has been done on us. And while syndrome may be encompassed in that, it is a far more expansive and profound uh, system because what it creates is manifestations of people's behavior that oftentimes are dysfunctional as a result of the traumatic experiences that they have had. And while there are some coping mechanisms that do work, there are some maladaptive coping mechanisms that really don't work in a person's best interest that has been subjected to that kind of trauma. You know, it's a takeoff from the, the post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. But, but the reality of it is, is that this is profound, it's enduring, it's through mo- multiple generations, and it is complex and compound because it's constantly being stimulated and exacerbated by the present realities in which our people find themselves. Absolutely. So can you give us a few... Um, a few symptoms of what PTSD looks like? Like, like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What do you see when you know that you're able to diagnose someone with that, that you see one of your patients? What are they experiencing? Well, they're experiencing a multitude of symptoms and varying degrees. Uh, you know, uh, people think that it's only related to war victims or people who have been in the military. You know, you walk out in our average community and most people have been subjected to post-traumatic stress disorder slash slavery disorder if we're talking about it for our people. Right. And what are the symptoms? We see a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety symptoms, a lot of anger, mm-hmm. uh, short fuses, mm-hmm. uh, issues related to uh, isolation and overexcitability in terms of constantly being afraid and paranoid. We see maladaptive behaviors such as alcoholism and substance abuse disorders, substance use disorders. We see family violence. We see constant irritation or irritability. We see depression. Mm -hmm. We see all of these manifestations of the behavior that have been, you know, inculcated into the systems of our lives and have been going on for a long time. You know, they start sometimes with us in early childhood and they manifest themselves in behavioral as well as physical symptoms. We see that we know that people who have a lot of anxiety and depression can also have symptoms of cardiac irregularities. They can have a lot of irritable bowel syndromes where their, you know, gastrointestinal tracts are not functioning as well. Constant stress can lead to hypertension or at least exacerbate hypertension. It can make diabetes more complicated. Um, It can lead to stroke uh, and the smoking and things that go along with people using that to to help with their anxiety can cause chronic obstructive lung disease. So we have a lot of, of issues. And, and you know what's so crazy? It's, uh, these are things that people think are normal. Right, but they're not normal. They're not normal. <laughs> so that's the thing that I really want to stress to our listeners like, and to our viewers is that this is not normal. Th- those things that Nana just described to us, um, 
diabetes and, you know, just other stressors and irritable bowel and all those things. How many how many of you know people that experience those things, you know, and we have normalized it? So that's just one thing that I want you to understand that this stuff is so, you know, in our systems and our brains have told us that they are normal and that because my grandmama had it or because people in my family had it that I'm susceptible I'm susceptible to it and then I should just take medicine to get rid of it. So that is one thing that I definitely wanted to um to highlight. And some of the other things that I I've been reading about are um lack of impulse control, anger. So you know I myself have experienced being called an angry black woman because I feel like, you know, when I'm in separate, when I have been in certain situations, I have pretty much endured, you know, lots of different things over the years and endured, um, you know, different stressors. And then after a while, you just want to pop. You just want to, you know, mm -hmm. go off. And then you become that angry black woman. So part of it is just us learning how to, he, you know, manage ourselves, how to soothe ourselves and how to um, make sure that we understand that part of it is is not just what we're experiencing at the moment. It's passed down to us. Can you tell us about how like how does something that happened 400 years ago? Because I know a lot of people are saying that's slavery stuff. I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> when are we going to rise above it and well, all that let kind me, of stuff? Let me, let me just, uh, there are two issues that come up when you were speaking. Okay. First of all is being angry at what is happening in your present reality is a normal reaction. Yes. <laughs> the problem is, is that there's no downtime because the reality is, is that we're constantly traumatized and impacted upon. So having an anger, anger reaction is appropriate. To not have one is inappropriate because it means that you're in denial right. about the reality. The issue, however, is you can't stay angry 24-7, 365 and right. expect to have any kind of health-related issues. But if we talk about uh, intergenerational trauma, one of the things that we know is, is maladaptive behaviors and coping strategies, you know, are both... Uh, for cultural as well as learned in terms of how people react in family structures. Let me let me go back. Okay. For example, if we say that during the transatlantic slave trade and the and the height of the Maafa, uh, that our people were subjected to inhumane conditions, and those inhumane conditions created an imbalance within in the nervous neurobiological, uh, neuropsychological system. Okay. That would not be too far-fetched. I mean, everybody can relate to that. The problem is, is that those who survived did not die or did not jump or were not murdered have to have some other alternative coping mechanisms to have them survive. Right. So you get something, you give up something in order to get something. So the fact that we're able to have this conversation means that our ancestors had to have some kind of adjustment, some compensatory adjustments to be able to survive. And in that context, what occurred is um, uh, responses, responses, neurobiological responses to stress, neurobiological responses to immediate impact of, of the trauma, by changes in the hormones, in those stress-related hormones, the, the epinephrine, the, the, the adrenal cortical mm -hmm. that, that go in, that are related to high blood pressure, that are related to diabetes. And in the context of abuse and trauma, you have changes in the brain that occur. One of them that occurs is something called BDN. Uh, Brain-derived neurotrophic factor? Right, that's exactly right. Okay. And those are altered, and they are altered because the more trauma you experience, the, more, the lower they become, because these things will help us regulate our hormones and so that we can handle the depression, that we can handle the stress, and then we go back to resting state so that we can be 
uh, charging up to be ready for the next generation, you know, the next trauma. Right. However, if that is constantly being being whipped to death, then what you end up doing is passing on certain changes within the telomeres of, of the DNA uh, so that, that many things may not be properly adjusted. So that that is a factor. Right. Can, can I put that in lay? Can I put that in lay terms? Yeah, Nana? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is how I see it. And please correct me if I'm wrong um, or straighten, you know, set me straight. This is how I see it. So we were used to being, you know, in a situation where there was stress and our body took care but of lots us. Of unusual stress. Unusual stress. stress. Yes, yes. Un- unusual stress. So say something's chasing you or you need to protect yourself. Then your body knows what to do. The hormones come, you know, your, your cortisol comes, you can start running and your body will do what it needs to do, give you the energy you need to do to break out and be safe if you can't or to fight. And well, then, and then, so that's an emotional discharge. You have that emotional discharge and then you go on about your business and then everything, um, your sympathetic nervous system gets to calm down and then you're in parasympathetic nervous, right? Right. Like and it's calm. an emotional discharge for protection. For protection. So then you have that and then you just go on about your life. Now, let's think about we're in modern times. Think about you sitting at your desk. You got your text messages going. That's doot, 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 all these little buzzes and blings. Then you're looking at your computer and you're halfway on social media looking at stuff, reading CNN with all the crazy things that are going on. And then you still know you got to hurry up and finish because your report is due. But then you got to make sure that you finish the report so you can go get the kids and sit in the traffic and go find dinner. All those stressors are everyday stressors, but as they build up in the body, Every day, over time, you're not getting up, you're not exercising, because exercising helps to increase the BDNF, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor that Nana was talking about, to help you to regulate some of those hormones. So you're doing your everyday thing every day, and your body is like, oh my goodness, I'm only going to be able to really deal with this about one or two more days. And then... You cross the line where your body just cannot deal anymore, and then that's when disease comes in, and and then also it goes from there. So that's sort of like the layman's term of what this looks like to a modern person, the stressors that just keep building up and building up and building up. So let's talk about... Um, and let me just add one other thing. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you have to superimpose the financial issues and the racism issues that are compounding overall everything you just described. Yes. So you you know that you're not really happy at work and they're stressing you out, but you you, you want to get your check. So you stay because you want to get your check. But then you're stressed out about that. And then, you know, it's you're not getting paid what everybody else is getting paid. And then you're stressed out about that. And then you go home and then you sit in the car and then you listen to the radio and all the craziness that's going on. And then you listen to it in the house, too. Yep. You're, you're stressing yourself out. Right. So these are ways that we are experiencing and then perpetuating and continuing the cycle of some of these traumas that our ancestors had in a modern time and what we want to do and we'll do it at the beat we'll do it at the end um is talk about ways that we can kind of mitigate some of this and at the very least i'm the seed dropper i want you to be aware of what this looks like so that you can make shifts when you start to realize this is where you are sitting in a place of about to be stressed out and then you can shift it. So anything you want to add there before I go to, to, no, um, no, no, I think, I think you've done a good job with, with looking at the overall general picture. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So let's talk about, you know, um, epigenetics. So at the end of what you were talking about as some of the signals turn on and off in the body, um, to allow us to, you know, to function. And so I kind of chuckle because I'm, you know, I study these things and I study these, some of these things in school, and then I love to study these on my own. And since Europeans have gotten wind of what epigenetics is, you know, it's all the rage. But like you said, you were talking about this decades ago. 
Yeah. And, and what this looks like. And so can you and, I, and I've talked about anybody who's a listener of my show has um, has heard me talk about epigenetics. Anana, will you break down what epigenetics is and then what it does in our system? Well, it, it, is a, it is the term now that's being floated around to talk about the, the kinds of uh, physical, emotional, behavioral uh, symptoms or manifestations that's passed on from one generation to the next. That's right. the kind of uh, simple way to, to describe it. And, but it also tends to not take into consideration another factor, and that is the factor that environment has upon that genetic expression. Right. And so it's not just what's in the family and passed on. It's the effect that the environment may have had on the genetic pool within that family dynamic. Okay. So we have to make sure we're comprehensive in our understanding of what it means. And so, and, and that includes the kind of coping mechanisms that may have been acquired that become inculcated into the overall behavioral patterns within a given family. You know, you probably heard me say at the lecture that I have, you know, a couple of patients, they just yell and scream at each other. Right. And I kept thinking, why are y'all yelling and screaming? And to them, they were not yelling and screaming. That's just how they talk. That's how they talk, right. Yeah, so, so that's a kind of behavior that's been inculcated from generation to the next generation, because everybody in their family apparently talked like that, but that may have been predicated on something else way back. Right. Because everybody that the index patients remember talks like talk like that. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. So, what we have is environment, and it, the effect of environment on the gene pool, uh, and how that manifests and expresses itself in subsequent generations. So let's talk about some of the things for the listeners and for the viewers. Uh, and then Mbwebwe's on, and he's watching Nana, so he says he's glad to be here and he's happy to hear from you. So great. So um, factors, we have normal things that are in our environment that affect us and can cause the signals, the epigenetic signals to turn on and off, the hormones to turn on and off. And now we have a lot of man-made things that are um, influencing the signals turning on and off. Mm -hmm. And so some of them are your food, the air, the water. But one of the biggest things that I want you to know, and I don't have all the science everybody has the entire world in their hands because they have the internet. So right. I would just suggest that you all do some more research um, on this, but the 5G is not like a really good thing that's happening right now. 5G technology is going to create an even worse problem with the toxic load that we are absorbing into our bodies and into our cells um, it's the electromagnetic frequency, electromagnetic radiation that we're already getting. I mean, you can't go to a Starbucks. You can't really walk into any um, building, venue, anybody's home without being exposed to electromagnetic frequency radiation. And so, but the 5G is a whole nother level. And the science and the data is still coming out from those who care about human beings um, on what that looks like and what the ramifications long-term will be. So I would just suggest don't be so hyped because your phone has now turned over to 5G. You see that little 5G. I think maybe Verizon and some other companies have that already turned over. Um, so just be careful, protect yourself. But that's some of the ways in modern society where epigenetics is being in play and how it can affect us for the good or for the bad um, and then we'll have long-term effects so one thing I want to mention is look at all the, the grown women and little girls who have phones in their back pockets exactly or exactly. in their or in their their bosom like my grandmama says exactly right so you walking around with a with a, with a, a microwave oven in your in your bra or on your back pocket, which then is on your womb. Mm -hmm. And you say you want to have babies, but you don't understand why you can't have any babies. Um, and you're infertile and the doctor doesn't understand why. It's because you've been having that phone in your back pocket 
for for at least a year or two now. You know, I see it every day, all day. I cringe and, and I feel so sad because, you know, I, I'm learning to not just run up to people and say, take that phone out your pocket but unless I love you, you know. So but just things to consider. Google it yourself. The information is now out there. It's not anybody waving a flag, but it's out there for you to research and figure out how you want to move for your family moving forward. Let let me buttress that because uh, the point you made uh, is really important about the exposure of children to to these uh, instruments and, and how they may be and we're pretty sure that they are yes. in the long term, creating some kind of, of neurobiological uh, alterations and changes. Yes. Uh, the issue for that is is people, and I, and I may be hitting home to a lot of people, you sleep with your phones in your room. By your head, by your brain. Uh, that is not healthy. Right. I mean, there were experiments that have been done that showed that when you put plants in a room, they were done in Canada, when you put plants in a room with, with the frequencies of a cell phone, of a regular cell phone, and you put plants in a room that didn't have that, the plants in the room that had the cell phone did not grow, and they died at an earlier rate than those that did not. Right. Now, and that's all that was in there. Right. Plants. <laughs> so, I mean, if that can do that to a plant, what do you think is happening to a human, human being? being? We need the phones. We need these issues to yeah. do our business. Yeah. But you don't have to be 24-7. You have to turn it off, and you have to make sure that while we know for convenience with our children, our children are spending way too much time, you know, uh, on games and on phones because they are being exposed at an earlier age. We have no idea what neurobiological changes are going to take place in this next generation. For sure, I'm going to believe in two generations we're going to have mutations of the fingers. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I yes. do believe that because of the way we use them. But, but, but more, more subtle are the effects that it has. And, and let's talk about this issue as it relates to African people. Yes. Because one of the things that we do know is these effects of these electromagnetic fields do have an effect upon melanin centers within the body. Okay. And so although everybody has melanin, white and black people, we just have more of it, you know, in our skin and other places, but everybody has it. So don't go away from me being stupid and saying that other people don't have it because they do, <laughs> right. they're human. Right. But, but we need to have some appreciation for how vulnerable these centers become because our melanin centers are very much linked to to our protection in terms of building up our immune systems and these kinds of things. So you have to wonder if diet and you have to wonder if all these instruments that have electromagnetic fields that we're constantly being subjected to are going to make our next generation less resilient and less resistant to infection. Right. So think about everybody. Think about when having... um, that antibacterial hand stuff everywhere you went was like the rage. And now they're pulling back from it to tell you like we're destroying our immune system. We're, we're making ourselves susceptible to other diseases and things because we're killing the good bacteria, like our microbiome, the little bugs in our body that we are pretty much all little bugs, pretty much Um, probably in the 90 percentile of just, you know, um, organisms and all these different things that work together perfectly to make us the human being that we are and also to protect our immune system and have our, you know, have us being flowed away that we flow. So that killed it. And so then, you know, you, you, you kind of just need to wash your hands with some hot soap and water and keep it moving. Right. But it's the same thing when you overdo it. Every little baby at the restaurant with their parents, their parents are soothing them with that um, with that device and what it's emitting. And so babies' brains and their bones and everything are much softer and they have more water in their body. And so that even absorbs this electromagnetic frequency, electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation. So let's think about we're in 2019. 
We're talking about what happened to us and what we're still experiencing 400 years. But now let's think about in the future, another 200, 300 years, and these small changes that we are um susceptible to with these phones and this 5G and whatever's going to, the 10G, whatever's going to be next, those children and those human beings, and then Nana says they might have some extra mutated fingers, who, like she's saying, who knows what they're going to look like? So we have to be as, um, we have to be as on guard and on point as we can. Um, And it's, it's really just the knowledge. And that's why I couldn't wait to get Nana here because I am in this space all the time, listening to this kind of information all the time. And, and, you know, I want, I want us to know, I I want us to know. So that's why I wanted her to, to be on here. And I I do want to do this little quote. It's a quote that I found um, from Carter G. Woodson and it's from the miseducation of the Negro. When you control a man's mind, you don't have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will automatically find his proper place and stay in it. You do not need to send him. Well, basically, that's it. If you don't know and somebody else is controlling your mind and you're following what other people are doing and you're following what the media is doing and you're following the you're excited to see the bus go by the metro bus that says, "Woo, the 5G is here and you get hyped and then you go get your baby the new 5G because you want it to go faster. Without the education, you will we're going to suffer. And that's what has always happened. So let's, you know, let's talk some more, Nana, about, um, and we have 30 minutes left, which is so crazy. It went so fast, but 30 minutes left. Let's talk about how even in, you know, culture today. So last night I went to a, a book a book um, lecture with the rapper Common. So the rapper Common has this new book that's coming out and he is talking about how he's healing and right. how he had to, um, uh, it's called Let Love. I think it's called Let Love. I don't even have the title, which is, I'm, I'm sad to say I don't have the title, but he was talking about how he's healing and how he wants others to heal and how he's thinking about his, his countrymen in Chicago and around the world and the brothers and the sisters who are, you know, suffering and they're being put in these boxes. And he also has a new documentary that's coming out that's talking about the, uh, the prison industrial complex and how these people are not being treated like human beings. And so we say, those of us who have the two-car garage and, and the, the nice little cute family and we have the, the good corporate job and those things, and we say it's not us, it's other people. And why can't they just pull it together? And why can't they just... You know, why don't they feed their babies proper food and and all these different things? Let's talk about how let's talk about ACE. okay, and how that plays out today and how that could show up in the classrooms and how that could show up with ADHD and autism and all and and all these different things that we're experiencing um, that. You know, it's not just so easy to let to to uh, just change these things. It has to be a whole mindset, it has to be education, it has to be a mindset shift, and then it has to be actionable items. So, ACE, the adverse childhood experience. So, you explain this at the Cometamorphosis um, conference. Please explain to us what it means, or what it is, and then what it means. Well, what it means is that the uh, traumatic effects of adverse events that occurs on children has a lifelong impact uh, with them as adults and into the next generation. Okay. That's what it means. Okay. And so when Common is talking about his early sexual abuse yes. that he re- relates to in the book, that is one of, there, there are three types of, of ACEs. There's abuse, there's neglect, and then there's dysfunction within the home. Okay. And within the abuse, there's physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. Within within neglect, there's physical and emotional neglect, because you can feed your kids and still not give them any nurturing. Right. Um, And then there's the household dysfunctional issues that have to do with mental illness in the home, incarceration of a parent or relative, uh, violence and family abuse in the home, substance use in the home, 
and divorce. All of these have impacts on children. And some data that just came out this past week that I was looking at briefly talks about if these adverse events occur before the age of three, okay. that, that, that there's going to be permanent dysfunction within wow. the adult, adult that has that experience. Wow. And, and that just came out in the um, Annals of Biological Psychiatry. As a matter of fact, I'll probably send you that reference once we uh, later today. Yes. But at yes. any rate, uh, so those are the major effects of the ACEs. And then what the ACEs do is cause changes in behavior as well as physical and mental health. Issues around alcoholism and drug abuse. Right. Issues around obesity. Issues around smoking. Around missing days at work. Issues around the hypertension, the diabetes, the depression, suicide, uh, increase in STDs or sexual transmitted diseases, heart disease, cancer, stroke, bone disorders, lung disorders. So what 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 you're saying is what we were alluding to earlier. These adverse childhood experiences are not isolated entities unto themselves. They are interrelated because a human being is not an isolated entity. A human being is made up of a mind, a body, and a spirit. Right. So all of these things are interactive, and if one is adversely affect, affected, it has an impact upon the others. And we're not getting out of this without dealing with the social determinants of health. And these issues that relate to, uh, to uh, food deserts, that relate to pollution in the air, that relate to constantly hearing gunshot wound, gunshots, constantly seeing pe- people violated and victimized, constantly looking at police brutality, although we have to be aware of it, constantly feeling, living in fear, being exposed to lead, being exposed to heavy metals, being exposed to to uh to to food stuff that have been polluted with these bacterial sides that they use to kill off all these things that are cancerous right being exposed to food additives to make them look good yep. but also will kill you so we we are being as a system as a human being being bombarded with almost uh 360 uh coverage of things that are adversely affected to us you know even if you are eating fresh vegetables, sometimes you don't know what the soil is that they're grown in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you don't, don't know, know what don't. the seed is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, what all these things are culminating? These the earlier they occur in a person's life, the more likely they are to create complications as they get older. Now, all of us are going to be exposed to some of these, so none of us are getting out of this clean. Right. But some have more exposure, and they have a greater and earlier age, like the family violence issue, the sexual abuse issue, the physical abuse issue, the, the malnourishment issue. And we know that children that are not properly nourished, their brain size is not going to be as, 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 as at normal size. And so therefore, then, those people who have those belief systems that, oh, say, African-American people are less educated and, and not as, as highly developed uh, uh, med- uh, mentally, it may very well end up being a fact if the people are not nourished properly. Absolutely. We, we know that, that incarceration of a parent, uh, mental illness within a parent uh, that isn't treated, we know that that has an adverse effect upon on children, and we also know that people are using drugs and alcohol to cope. And while, you know, marijuana has become legalized and, and the whole CBD thing, but here's the thing. Not everybody can smoke, okay? Right. Let me just make it real clear, y'all. Don't tell me about the herbs. Not everybody <laughs> can smoke, number one. Right. And number two, not everybody should smoke even if they can. Right. Because we do know that in marijuana, for example, lowers sperm count. We do know anecdotally and objectively, as well as research, that if you are predisposed to a psychiatric disorder, that when you sometimes smoke marijuana, you become psychotic. Yeah. I have patients who are stable, but if they smoke a joint, which they love to do, they're crazy by the weekend. Yeah. And family can't deal with them, you know, don't know, they're calling me up, you know, 
you know, saying, you know, they're doing this. I said, did you take, did you find the marijuana and put it away? Because if you didn't do that, you know, it's just a mute point that we're having here. So so we have to understand that, that some of the things that we like and think are natural, they may not have an adverse effect on some people, but they do have an adverse effect on other people because we have varying degrees of immunity. We have varying degrees of resistance and resilience. Right. And we also know that if you were abused as a child, uh, whether that's sexual, physical, or emotional, or whatever, that your ability to cope with the kinds of stresses that we have to deal with in today's world is lessened. And therefore, it has a greater and more deleterious effect upon your mind, your body, and your spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, some of the... Th- I, I want to go back to... Um, make a to hit on a few points and to support a few points so i was talking to a friend last night who was a teacher well first of all when i was at commons book signing there was a woman who was a teacher for many years who's now back in the classroom as a volunteer and she was just saying that she doesn't she can't even understand all of the um you know the the ways that the little children react and then Mm -hmm. i was talking to a friend last night who is an administrator slash teacher who said the same thing like these kids are doing things that he's never seen before Mm -hmm. and so you know what i want them to understand and what i want all of us is to understand is not just that they got adhd and they're bad little kids or their moms and their parents don't raise them properly this stuff is in our systems and it's systemic and because of the food deserts because there's no fresh fruit and vegetables as best as people can get them because they're drinking bad water because they're drinking sugar and addicted to sugar we're Mm -hmm. not talking we're talking about people who are addicted to drugs but sugar can be more addictive than some of the harder drugs and And also is a a fuel for cancer and it's a fuel for cancer so think about black people you're eating sugar and then you're not getting your vitamin D from the sun for the melanin and then you're not taking your vitamin C cancer like some of these things are kind of like linked together um, and we think that it's okay and and we think you know if, if we're even talking about cancer let's even talk about sugar carbs so you might not be eating the payday candy bar or the Snickers candy bar but if you eat pasta every night if you eat rice every night, that's also turning to sugar. It has the same effect in the body. And then that goes to not being able to support your immune system. And, you know, then some of these diseases come. So, and I, what kind of rice? You know, are you just eating white rice? Right. <laughs> you know? Arsenic, or, you know, with a side of arsenic. You know, it just depends. Like, all there are so many different things, so many different factors. And, um, you know, it is another form of, of racism to not give people fresh food, fresh, fresh water, clean air, to put the Wi-Fi tower right in their communities. Absolutely. If you, if you look at the news, you will see certain communities will fight not to have certain things come into their communities. And you have to try to figure out why. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why these mamas, European mamas, ain't letting their babies do certain things. They're not exposing as best that they can their babies to certain things. So it's just one of the things. It's it's an education, and it is um, being real and come like coming into reality and not being in avoidance of these things because you're tired of hearing about. The, the the slaves, you know what I'm saying? And I even hate to say, I hate when people say the slaves. I say they're like kidnapped people. Like this is a whole thing. And it was set up. Nana, tell us like how set up this was. It's systemic. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hit there for a few minutes. And yeah, then I- we have 15 minutes left. And then we will go to some light and some healing things we can do to our to ourselves and to our families some tools we can use to be aware and to move forward well if you don't know it was set up all you got to do is look at what's happening now right i mean you can see a resurgence of terrorism and uh the kind of uh, nationalistic uh movements uh that call them that are often referred to as white supremacists. I don't like that term, no, but anyway, right? Uh, but but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And people want to return to the good old days when when we were buck dancing and chef and and scratching our heads. Right. And so you don't you don't have to go far 
to see that 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 people would love to have free labor again to rebuild this country. Uh, they would love to create a system where you feel less than, so that you're willing to to just go along to get along. Right. Uh, but that has psychological and physiological implications because you recognize that you are uh, being put upon and it internalizes you and so you end up self-destructing. And so then we create an environment where uh, people become victims of contributory negligence. So no one can be accused of doing you in because you are doing the kinds of things and the habits that you, the maladaptive coping habits uh, that destroy you yourself. And so, therefore, I can wipe my hands clean right. of, of having created and set up the scenario because you had a choice. You didn't have to take it. But if you don't have any other exposure and all you know is what you see on TV and what, you know, is in your immediate environment, that's what you know. And you do what you know. What you know. Yeah. And so it's important for our people to be exposed to other ways of knowing. So that 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 the bulk of your information is just not coming from those people who are setting up systems that are inherently designed not in your best interest. Right, and then one of our master teachers, and I don't remember which one, because there's just so much information. But they were like, you know, people are mentally ill when they allow people who set them up. I'm putting this in my terms, you know, sure. like um, to educate your children to be the doctors for your children, to be therapists for your children, and to do other things for your children. That, that's a mental illness in of itself. So we have to be careful. And I, I want to go back to that free labor thing that you said right quick. We are giving free labor every single day. When you go to Target and you go to Giant and you go to the stores, the shop rights and the Acme's around you, and you sit there and you check out your own groceries. I refuse to do that because I'm like, I have to work for my money. Then I have to go into the store to shop for it. And now you want me to work to, to bag my own stuff too. And then there's no more human beings at parking garages and parking lots and everything is automated and you do everything yourself. So you have to think about it. It's free labor. This is what they want, free labor. So, you know, that's my own little form of resistance on top of eating healthy. Like. Eating mm-hmm. healthy and getting healthy and being the canary in the canyon to tell as many people will listen to me is my form of revolution and resistance. But that so, is a revolutionary act. <laughs> yes, ma'am, it is. So next time you go to Target, do not check out your own stuff. Well, I don't check out my own <laughs> things either, Wendy. I don't. Yes. I, I, I don't do that. I figure you're there to get a job. You you're there to get paid. And if if people start doing that, then they'll lock somebody else out of a job. Yes. Because they won't need to have, uh, you know, cashiers and things. And most of those people working are, are our folk. Absolutely. In many instances. So I don't do that. I, you know, people are there to do a day's work. Let me help them do it. Yes, ma'am. So <laughs> we have 12 minutes, and I want to talk about ways that we can... Um, heal ourselves. And the one thing that I do want to say, because I know a lot of my friends are kind of in this cycle and my loved ones, that they sit and watch the news all day. And then Uh they talk about how this world is crazy. It's so crazy out here. Well, yes, it's crazy out here. And so if you keep watching it, you're just you just stressing yourself out and re-traumatizing yourself with watching all these images. And when you're watching people get arrested, be aware. We're not saying don't be aware. We're saying protect yourself. We're talking self-preservation. If you keep watching the Facebook live videos of people being murdered, if you keep watching the arrests and all the craziness, you're inflicting some more pain on yourself. Do you agree, Nana? Well, you, well, you, well it, 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 it's not even that. It's, it's that plus. Yes, Because plus. what you also end up doing is, yes, you're re-traumatizing yourself, and these images stay in front of you, but you also, at the same time, nullifying the human reaction to this kind of violence. Yeah. So yeah. what am I saying? Yeah. I'm saying that then you become immune to it to the point that, that the murders don't bother you anymore. Oh, that's just some people. That's how they do it. Right. You know, it's that kind of mentality. So it's a double-edged sword. It not only constantly keeps traumatizing and revving up your, 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 
your fight flight system, right? Your your autonomic nervous system, but it also also makes you become almost immune and nullified to the perpetration of violent acts against your own people right. and against human beings in general. It puts you in the place where you begin to unconsciously, unconsciously accept the dehumanization of another person because their perception is being viewed through the lens of an oppressor. Right. So I right. just wanted to make sure we understood it. Right. It's, it's, it's re traumatizing, but it's also nullifying your human sensitivity. Right. It's, it's affecting then your mirror neurons what that will allow you to, to be empathetic to another human being. Absolutely. And that's sort of what Common was talking about last night as when we were watching some clips from his documentary on the, um, the, the, the folks in jail is like they don't feel like human beings. They're not they're not treated like human beings. No. They, they even lose their own humanity if they don't intentionally work to find some ways to tap into it. So healing. What are some steps that we have 10 minutes left? What are some okay. steps that we can um, do just the modern in us in this modern time? Right. What can we do to help mitigate some of this and help give ourselves some peace and to be able to share it with our families without them side eyeing us? Well, the first thing I want to give you a plug is listen to shows like yours. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, and and to begin to read as much information and put yourself around uh, people who are not so toxic. It's not just toxic environments and toxic foods. We also got a lot of toxic people. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, there's an old saying, everybody lights up a room. Some people, when they enter it, others, when they leave. Right. And so what you want to do is stop these toxic people from having influence over your life. If you're a child and then your family and your parents, you can't do anything but minimize the time you spend with with them and, and surround yourself with more positive people, like, you know, somebody, maybe a professor or a teacher or something at school that has a positive influence. But... As adults, we have a choice to not be around all these negative people all the time. Right. So that's an important thing because that creates the space and the environment for you to then bring something more positive in. Okay. If you have all these people crowding you all the time, you don't have any room to have anything positive coming to your life. The second thing that we can do that's a basic thing, read the labels on the food. Right. Read them. Know what you're putting inside your body to the degree that you can. We can't control everything. And as I said, some people live in food deserts, you know, so. But read the label and do your best to mitigate as much of these toxins and these preservatives that you can. Uh, You know, if you're living in an environment that has a lot of wires and poles and electric, you're going to have to do your best to, to... to, to to not have as much exposure as you can yeah. uh, in these in these places. And and I know that may be difficult, but you can add vitamins, you can add B C vitamins, you can add uh, things that will enhance your immune system like you alluded to earlier. Some level of exercise mm-hmm. will will do that. Uh, decrease the amount of red meat if not eliminated at all mm-hmm. that you eat because it has these nitrites and nitrate preservatives that are, can- that are, that are carcinogenic, that mm-hmm. cause cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, less sugar. Uh, give your children fresh fruit. Right. Give yourself fresh fruit as right. opposed to juice. Right. Uh, and if you're going to drink juice, then you're going to have to dilute it, dilute to, it. to get rid of some of that, that sugar. That's a critical piece. Uh, uh, not everybody is, is going to be wired to become a vegetarian or even a vegan, vegan. But you can certainly reduce the amount of meat that you have in your diet. You can start out by cutting it down one day a week or, you know, doing little steps. You need to quit smoking, people, period. And all these young people out here smoking cigarettes. And I'm talking about smoking everything. Yeah. I know that's going to hit some people hard. Right. And, but 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 this herb is still a toxin to your lungs. Yeah, and your lungs. Absolutely, if you right. inhale it so, in your I mean, lungs. Let's, let's get real. And even though, you know, it's becoming legal, alcohol is legal too. Yeah. But not everybody can drink it. Right. You know, so I'm just saying sugar is legal too. 
but not everybody can manage it. So I'm just saying, be educated. And then I would like to see communities begin to start growing gardens within their yards, within their space, giving the children something to do, let them work with their hands. I know there there are communities that are doing that, uh, joining food co-ops to the Mm -hmm. best that you can Mm -hmm. to cut down on on the uh, kind of packaged foods, eliminating lunch meat. Yes. Eliminate lunch meat, please, because the toxins due to the due to the preservatives in a lunch meat is like eating a full plate of cancer. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about practical things. I'm not talking about weighing down the wood stuff that you know is too expensive to do. <laughs> right. You can eliminate lunch meat. Yes. You know, it, and, 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 you know, and you can look at, while it may be more expensive, if you've got to have a chicken you know, or something, please take the skin off of it. If you can buy organic chickens or organic turkeys, that's even better. Yeah. If you cannot eat them at all, that's even best. Yeah, but, right. but to the degree that you can or that you don't want to, right? please take the skin off of these things. Wash everything carefully. Wash your fruit, wash your vegetables, wash them carefully. Wash your hands with soap and water. Use these antibacterial wipes more than you use the liquid if you have to use something. Because there may be some places and sometimes you cannot Correct. wash your hands. Correct. So I'm not telling you to eliminate that. What I am saying is the wipes are going to be better than the liquid because they will uh, pick up the bacteria and it sticks to it. That doesn't occur with the liquid. But right. use soap and water more than anything else. Hot soap and water is going to be excellent. Get some sunlight. If yes. you're a melanated person, getting near the sun or sitting in your office or at your desk near a window during the daytime so you can get the stimulation of the serotonin so that it can increase the melatonin at night so you can have a healthy and restful sleep. Yes. Do your best not to drink coffee after 3 p.m. I know people do, but then I'll keep you up at night. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't stay up at, that you stay up at night means your immune system is decreased, means that you're going to store more fat or eat more. I mean, all of these things are, are, are critical, and they're practical. Practical. They can be done. Right. You know, wear more cotton than you do synthetic. That That's a breathable thing. It's also, uh, you know, something that is healthier and lighter. And if you can, you know, to your best ability, recycle. We have to save the planet, too, because we have to not be so wasteful and realize that our planet is is gradually warming. And some of us are not going to be around because things are changing because the environmental pollution that human beings are creating. And if you, you know, um, at least once or twice a week, see if you can not drive your car. See if you can take public transportation just to, just to minimize some of the carbon effect. I'm just saying not everybody can do that, but it's something to think about in terms of some of the things we need to do to preserve our health. Thank you, Nana. We have two minutes left. So definitely um, supporting what she said. Um, Read the labels, or how about this awesome thing? Get food that has no labels. Absolutely. Fresh food, whole food, things that you don't have to read, or it just has five ingredients or less if it needs to be processed. Um, And, you know, I have a guide. I have a Wi-Fi. It's a free Wi-Fi safety guide, and it talks about things you can do to help mitigate at least some of the Wi-Fi damage. Um, not sleeping with the phone by your brain at night, actually taking Absolutely. it out of the room. Absolutely. You can still put your cell phone, um, the alarm on. You didn't even and use a cell phone. And turn off the television, too. Well, I actually turn off my whole Wi-Fi box every well, single night. Right. Because the body heals and repairs, restores, regenerates at night. So if you have all that extra pollution going on, it makes it harder. So those are just some of the things that you can do to help mitigate some of the damage and to help us move ourselves forward. When you're able to have fresh fruit and water and and exercise and and get all those things going, you vibrate higher. Wouldn't you agree, Nana, that vibration is everything? And so that's why I also get you some great people to be around that are positive thinkers. 
Absolutely, because when you vibrate high, you attract that. So if you're listening Absolutely. to music, that's dragging. If you're eating poor food, if you're drinking sugar all day and eating things and is sitting around watching TV and upset and scared, you're going to vibrate low and attract that same thing. That's just the law, the universal law. So think about it in that way. There are things you can do. And um, we have one minute left. So I wanted to just take the time to thank you for your patience and to thank you for coming on and sharing so much great information and thank you for your work. And um, if you have one last thing you'd like to share with the people, we would love it. Well, first of all, I want to thank you and your staff for allowing me this privilege. And I want to uh, encourage everyone to think about the positiveness and all the contributions that they can make to making this a better world and to be blessed and to be productive. And that makes you powerful. Thank you so much, Nana. And thank you all for joining us in the sanctuary. Please share this video. Please share um, with all the people that you love. It's going to be on iTunes and all the places that you can get podcasts at a later time. But again, we thank you and I will see you next time in the sanctuary. Peace. Thank you for listening to the sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.